episode of State Reppin'. I am half of the dynamic duo. State Representative David Bowen with my awesome co-host, partner in good. State Representative Jonathan Brostoff. Is my is my mic up? Can you guys Your hear mic's me? mic's up. All right. Welcome, welcome. And uh, good to see you again, man. Good to see you. It's been a long week. It oh, has. man. It, well, has it? It's Monday. It's been a long week. <laughs> well, since I last saw you. <laughs> Since our last okay. uh, get right. together, but it's been a lot going on. A lot I, going on. I just on. missed you at the uh, uh, baby crawly baby shower. Yeah. Oh, you 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 got there afterwards. I just missed you. I got yeah. you after you left. So we got there earlier. Good things are happening, right? Yeah, absolutely. Babies are being born. Yep. Autumn rolls on her way. Very exciting. Yeah. And uh, my my sister uh, uh, in law is having a baby as we speak right now as well. So nice. It's a season, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was good to see DC out there expanding the family, doing his thing and yeah. uh, nice to catch up with everyone. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful day for it as well. And, yeah. um, yeah, it was, uh, kind of funny as we were, um, we, we got there a little early helping, helping them with setup and stuff like that or whatever. Okay. And okay. this woman was like canvassing. She's going door to door. I saw this clipboard. I was like, what's going on? I was trying to think, like, what's happening to this neighbor? Is there anything I'm missing out on? Da, da, da. And then I was like, are you here for politics? She's like, nope, I'm here to collect the snowblower fee. So she was, like, doing the collection for the neighborhood block after or something like that. And oh, nice. I was like, let's see a state representative. And David uh, had a good time chatting her up and stuff like that. So, okay. yeah, it was nice. It was cool. good. And uh, how about you? Any other fun stuff this weekend? Uh, this weekend, it was a lot. It was, like, action-packed. Yeah. Um, I went to the uh, Power... Oh yeah, summit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and women. In, I went to the Power Women's Empowerment Summit. Yeah, empowerment. There yeah, we yeah. Go. That's right. And uh, that's hosted by Chantel McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, dynamic um, black women of our community. Coordinating mm-hmm. uh, that, and it's an awesome network of uh, women in different fields and different industries that they come together on a regular basis. So. Um, they were at the 88.9 studios yep. uh, on Saturday, and um, there was uh, I was supposed to be at Harvest Fest on Saturday in Madison. Madison, yeah. And uh, they got rained out. So by the time I drove all the way there, Man. I drove all the way back a little empty-handed. Well, But shouts out to the organizers of that. Absolutely. Um, big event. Big event out there. Must legalize, 100%. And... We have a very special guest with us in studio today. We have Israel Ramon. Very special guest. Register of Deeds. Absolutely. Lawyer extraordinaire. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Nice to be here this afternoon. You are a partner in good, I would say. Yeah. Well, I try. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate all you do. And uh, and you've supported a lot of folks over the years, mm-hmm. um, especially people in color uh, of color, um, to run for office. Mm-hmm. Um uh, many folks in the uh, Latinx community, um, and it, it's you've always been on the front lines in, in that work. Yeah, I have. You know, I've always thought it's very important to uh, make sure that the people that make the laws and the yeah. people that interpret or apply the laws look like the communities they serve. So I've been very involved in making sure that we have diversity, not only in our legislature but also on our bench. Nice. Yeah, including friend of the show on. F- Semi-frequent guest, Representative Marisabel Cabrera, but okay. um, 
We also uh, are congratulating you on your recent appointment and upcoming election on Register of Deeds. And although we don't endorse on this show because of the FCC rules, we'd love to hear more about how you got involved and what the deeds, do- what the Register of Deeds does, all that stuff. So let's break it down. Yeah, your sure. story first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What led you there. And so um, just to recap just a little bit, um, I'm one of the, uh, I think, the only immigrant Register of Deeds currently um, sitting. We have 72 Register of Deeds. Each county has one. Mm -hmm. That's right. And when there's a vacancy, the sitting governor appoints the the next Register of Deeds for that county. Mm -hmm. Um, Thus far, about four Register of Deeds have been appointed by Governor Tony Evers. Got it. it. So one evening I was uh, at home with my partner, who I've been with for 10 years. Shout out to David. To David. Saw yes. him the other day, looking great. Uh, he's a wonderful guy. And so we were at home watching Netflix or something like that. Okay. And uh, I got a call um, from a couple of people from the county indicating that the prior register or the register of deeds at the time had resigned mm-hmm. and that there was a vacancy. Yep. And they wanted me to consider putting my hat in the ring for uh, the Register of Deeds. And obviously, I hadn't thought about it before. Mm -hmm. Um, I had practiced uh, basically workers' compensation and disability law for 25 years. Mm -hmm. I worked at a real estate law firm as a law clerk many, many years ago. Um, But I hadn't really thought about actively uh, running for office or working, uh, you know, at the county level or municipal level at all. I was happy of being a private lawyer and Mm -hmm. uh, representing injured and disabled workers throughout the state and, of course, in Milwaukee County. Got it. And so I spoke with David, and we thought, well, maybe this is an interesting opportunity. I've always wanted to serve the public in a different sort of capacity, Mm -hmm. and I thought this would be great to do it. And, of course, uh, if I was appointed, I would be the first Latino ever Hmm. in the history of um, that office since 1836. Wow. And, of course, I would be the only out LGBTQ person to ever hold that office as well. Mm. So it was almost an instance where I thought, well, we could make history here and open the doors for any Absolutely. subsequent individuals. Absolutely. And so I went through the process and mm-hmm. uh, interview process and whatnot, and I was selected to meet the governor. And after about an hour interview with the governor, um, he uh, indicated to me that he wanted to offer the position to me. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited and I accepted right away. Nice. Yeah, I think myself and many others who are supporting you in that effort are very happy to see that. But um, for our listeners who aren't as familiar, can we break down exactly what the Register of Deeds does, what the job's like, stuff like that? Sure. So the Register of Deeds is a constitutional office so that when Wisconsin became a state in 1848, Mm -hmm. there were several offices that are enshrined in our Constitution. They include the county clerk, the clerk of courts, the sheriff, and the Register of Deeds. And these are countywide offices. The importance of the Register of Deeds, as I always tell people, is that we secure property, wealth, and property rights. So without a Register of Deeds, you never know if the property or the building or the home that you're going to buy is fully buyable or in other words, if the person that can sell it can sell it unencumbered. Sure. You don't know that unless you do a title search. And the okay. only way you can do a site, title search is to go through the Register of Deeds office 
and work with our office and our computer software to do a valid title search to make sure that nobody owns the property other than the seller that can sell yep. and you're the buyer that can buy. Yep. And when you buy the property and go through a closing, mm -hmm. you know that you are now the new owner forever and ever until you decide to sell it or transfer it or deed it away or whatever the case may be. Got so it. we actually make sure that properties in Wisconsin are sellable and transferable by the work that we do. Got it. And basically, our office has four sections. So the first one is rather easy. Uh, to It's a rather easy function. So um, we have a vital record section. So if you want your birth certificate, death certificate, marriage certificate, uh, military discharge, mm -hmm. partnership uh, partnership. Uh, uh, certificates and disillusions and things like that, mm -hmm. you can go to our office and request a certified copy and we will provide it same day, within minutes, most of the time. Mm -hmm. That's one section. The okay. other section that we have is a document examination uh, section. So let's assume, Jonathan, that you do a quick claim deed on a property that you have uh, to someone that you're related to or a friend. You would go to our office to file it to record it and we would have individuals that are trained to look at the document itself to make sure that it's in recordable form pers uh, pursuant to the law of course because sure. there are hallmarks that we need to look at to make sure we can record it if it's in recordable form there's obviously a fee to record it okay. and we record it and then we send it out for indexing and indexing is a process by where we assign an, a, a number um, and we assign that number based on the information of the grantor and the grantee so that it can be searchable in the future. Got it. Once we have the recording and the indexing, then we digitalize that document and that digital image becomes the official deed or mortgage or real estate document on that property with your name. Okay. You guys are like the verify and the trust but verify section of uh, things in our society. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if there's ever a court proceeding on a parcel of property, the owner can't bring their copy of the deed and say, this is yeah. evidence that I own this. The courts will not accept that. They will mm -hmm. only accept a certified copy from the sitting register of deeds with my signature. Sure. So that's one of the sections that we do. And then of course, once we register and we record a property, mm -hmm. then of course we have a real estate department that does research. So if somebody wants to research as to whether this parcel has good title, they could come into the office or they could use one of our online services to do that. And we have people to help in that regard. And then finally, we have the tax levy or tax assessment department where our tax people work with the county treasurers to make sure that uh, proper taxes are being assessed to whatever parcel uh, was transferred or sold or whatever the case may be. So we perform a very important function sure. in each county to make sure that property is secure and people pay their taxes on the property. Got it. And it makes so much sense because, you know, at the heart of... Uh, our community becoming a community and you know now that you said the the year that the uh, register of deeds office started that was before the state of wisconsin that's became correct a state when we were a territory yeah and it was so important for those individuals back in the day to make sure that property rights yeah. uh, were protected so that people could sell property sure. it was so important that they created this register of deeds and sure. even before 1836 the deeds were held uh, by the register and probate. 
But then there were so many that were being recorded at the time that uh, the people that administered the territory thought okay. we need a register of deeds office. Interesting. And so Milwaukee uh, registered all of the deeds for Southeast Wisconsin and even up to the Green Bay area for a long time. Interesting. Okay. And then subsequently, you know, the state of Wisconsin got so big yep. that individual counties or territories within the the the, ter- the, the entire territory of Wisconsin. Um, got their own register of deeds. Sure. This was, this discussion reminds me of a just common, simple way to understand the function and value of government, right? If there was no register of deeds, even back then, you'd have so much fraud. Right? Exactly. Of people claiming that they could sell things or buy things that they really couldn't, did not have the right to sell or buy. Sure. It's almost like having, like not having a U.S. Treasury uh, or a mint that produces our coinage and our currency. Yeah. So if everyone had their, had own, their currency, own currency, <laughs> how could you assess value exactly. to it? So if there's no way uh, for a state or a county to look at property and make sure that it has clean title for somebody else to buy... Sure. then nobody would buy that property. Right. So we serve a very important function, not only for individual residents that purchase homes, but also for businesses and corporations that, right. that, that purchase buildings and whatnot and, and development. So yeah. very important. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, maybe we could also get into a little bit of the changes and updates you've made, especially on the technological front for the office. Sure thing. Yeah, so um, we have the biggest register of deeds office in the state of Wisconsin. In the state, yeah. We employ the most people, and we generate the most revenue, not only for the state of Wisconsin, because they get a good portion of the fees that we collect, Mm. but we also generate the most revenue, or one of the offices that generates the most revenue in Milwaukee County. So Milwaukee County relies on us to make sure that we're doing our job. Sure. And so basically when I got to the office... Um, there had been a little bit of turmoil before that, as people know, there was a federal investigation. It's all in the papers Mm -hmm. of the prior register of deeds. So Mm -hmm. when I got there and it led to him to uh, resign at that point and, and he resigned in April. Mm -hmm. And so there was a raid on the office in February and the register of deeds resigned in April, in April. Mm -hmm. I was appointed on May 10th and actually was sworn in on May 21st and started my first full day on May 22nd. Yeah, you did. And so when I started at the office, I went through all the procedures, all of the policies. I met with my leadership team, all my supervisors, and I gave them my version of what my mission and my vision and my values were as the Register of Deeds and Mm -hmm. as an individual, and what I wanted to see the department progress to and grow. So there's lots of changes that I've made in a very short time, because I've only been in office for about five months. Yeah, fantastic. And so we've done lots and lots of things to make nice. the the office grow and better serve the public in Milwaukee County. And what are some examples of the new technology you guys are utilizing? So um, we uh, have a contract, a long-term contract with a company called Fiddler. Um, they also were sort of involved in the investigation by the FBI. Sure. And so one of the first things that I did is I contacted our IT department at the county and our lawyers, corporation counsel, and I spoke with the comptroller and I spoke with the treasurer and I said, listen, at this point, we've had their software for about 20 years. Mm -hmm. I'm not inclined to to change that because it works for us given the volume of work that we have that we need to record every day, thousands of documents. But what I want to do is to make sure that we protect our data. So we rewrote 
all of the contracts with our IT provider. Mm. So we had five, five contracts. Now we have the five contracts that have been rewritten. And we also have a master service agreement with that provider. So now I can say without hesitation that Milwaukee County and my Register of Deeds office is the sole owner of all of the data in our software. So if anything should happen, that is our data, the Milwaukee County residents are protected. Protected. So that was the first Seems order of business. Important. Absolutely. <laughs> we need to protect our data. Absolutely. And so that was the first order of business. The second order of business was I got many complaints about um, folks trying to go to our office or, or going to our office for service and being treated not so nicely. Uh, it kind of surprised me a little bit because mm -hmm. the people that I met seemed to be nice. Yeah. But nonetheless, I had to take these complaints very seriously of course, sure, because, sure. you know, I'm all about customer service, treating mm -hmm. people well. I did that for 25 years as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And there's really no reason anybody should be treated poorly, especially not from public servants, which yeah. we all are. Exactly. You are a reflection of the relationship of government to people. Absolutely. Yeah, and by the time they get to you, they've probably already been through a lot. They've had to do some research. They've like gotten into the paperwork, stuff like that. They don't want to be hassled anymore. They just want to clean in and out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we fail to realize as county employees that people uh, really go through a lot to get to the courthouse. So our office is <laughs> oh, yeah, in one Yeah, you're right. Even physically Absolutely. getting there. Yeah. Physically getting inside. Yeah. Parking. So getting inside. Metal detector. Yeah. Parking. Medical de metal detector. Then getting lost and going yeah. to yeah, different departments. Building. Yeah. And then finally you get you to You always the ask Alex in the basement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The shoe shine guy. He's a great guy. He'll hook you up. Where to go. And he knows everything because yep. he's been there so long. So yeah, shout absolutely. out to Alex. <laughs> absolutely. But lots of people don't have the benefit of being on the ground floor where Alex is. So That's by, right. the, by the right. time they get to our office, they're thoroughly confused. They're anxious. They're a little upset. Mm. And so my mandate to my staff is we need to make it better for them and we need to be helpful to Milwaukee County residents. Yeah. Now, it's important to understand that the residents that we serve in Milwaukee County are different than those in Dane County or Washington County or That's Fond du Lac true. or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kenosha County. Right. We have a very diverse set of residents in Milwaukee County, and we need to be sensitive to everyone. And so the first thing that I did is I hooked up with our HR department and we did a presentation about excellence in customer service. We're working on a presentation on racial sensitivity and equity for my department only. Every employee has required to complete all the training that the county wants them to complete. There were some that hadn't done it. Oh, interesting. As you know, uh, County Executive Abley uh, has pushed and mandated um, racial equity throughout the county. Yeah. He and the Board of Supervisors have declared racism mm -hmm. as a public health threat. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I believe that sincerely as well. And so I made sure that every employee went through the training That's that good. was outlined through the Office of African American Affairs. And I went through it myself. Mm. So anything that my employees have gone through, I have gone through as well. Right. And so that sets the tone That's right. about public service. From the top down. From the top down. Mm -hmm. And so what we've recently done is that we have customer satisfaction surveys in our lobby. We have them on our website. Okay. And we have the QR codes in our lobby as well. So if anybody wants to take the survey uh, through their smartphone, they can do that. Sure. The other thing that we did is every employee in my office has a 
big ID name badge that is visible to the public. So we ask on the survey, who serviced you? Was it Israel? Was it, you know, Jonathan? Was it David? Yep. And you write down their name. Mm-hmm. And so if we see a pattern of good customer service, we reward that. If we see a pattern of poor customer service, we address that. So I'm very excited about the changes that we've made in customer service. Yeah, that's great. Nice. Uh, I kind of have a follow-up question on something you said about the your, your predecessor and the controversy surrounding and actually how you got that appointment because the opening in the beginning, what was the morale like when you got there? What were, that's what, a good question. Yeah, what was it like? Well, it was difficult. Um, sure. You know, I when I spoke with the employees, I, I had a series of two meetings because we need to keep the office open. So we divided my uh, my interaction with the employees and my comments and their comments in, into two sessions. Okay. Wait, what I, do you mean by that? Well, because we have to keep the office open. So I met with half of the oh, employees oh, oh. Uh, you gotcha. know, in the morning and then half mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Um, and quite frankly, I think that a lot of the employees were shocked um, at the raid in February. That yeah. uh, doesn't hardly ever happen uh, in Milwaukee County. Especially yeah. not over some baseball games. <laughs> it, right. Um, so they were really wild. surprised. I yeah. think some of them were actually very demoralized yeah, that it had happened. Yeah. And yeah. they felt that they had been beat up in the media. Yeah. And, you know, quite frankly, these are public servants, many of whom have worked for the county and given good service for years and years. Absolutely. To be quite honest with you. And love what they do. And love what they do. And might not have been been even directly responsible for what transpired under that controversy. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, I I don't know of anyone that was responsible other than the uh, former ROD. And quite frankly... I don't know anything more than what's in the papers, and sure. I'm going to let the investigatory bodies deal with that. Sure, sure. I obviously will be open uh, and transparent if mm-hmm. they request information. I'll make sure that I touch bases with Corporation Counsel, the county's lawyers, right. and make sure that we fully comply with things we're obligated to comply with legally. But when there's a cloud over the office and yes. you go into work day in and day out, Absolutely. that has to be daunting to yeah, that employee. Weighs on you. And so my goal was to lift that cloud from these good workers that we have and make sure that they have a new paradigm in terms of, you know, a new motivation to do better for Milwaukee County. We're going to let things uh, get investigated by the bodies that do that. Sure. And we're just going to do our work day in and day out and do it well. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and we're we're you know it's it's interesting because an office like that you only want to know about if you have a very specific kind of technical dealing under them, and that's it. You never want to hear about the registered deeds, the comptroller, the treasurer, because if you do, something's popping off. Yeah, and you know what? I think over the years, um, you, the the public treatment um, or the you know the school of public opinion, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. The court of public opinion when it comes to things that affect the county and different things that have come out. Uh, you're talking about the pension scandal. Yep. You're talking about, um, you know, some of the back and forth and bitterness right. between the legislative side of county government and the board and the executive side with the executive. Um, you know, I think the county usually always gets the short end of the stick. And we yeah. both have served in the county is some yep. capacity you served as, as a staffer. staffer. Um, I had a chance to serve on the county board. Yep. Um, and, you know, people always understand, like, 
federal level politics because like usually always in their face right. but they don't know you know when it comes to your birth certificate you're going to touch the register yeah. of deeds when it comes to your death certificate you're going to touch the register of deeds right there is no way to not to not be affected by this very important office and uh you know people always talk about like mm -hmm. uh you know we we should know and uh be engaged on whoever's running for any office even if it's dog catcher where dog catcher actually was a elected office at one point <laughs> um but much more important than the guy who catches dogs we're talking about a very important office that records and uh and a lot of resources funnel through to make sure that things are happening on on behalf of, of the people absolutely absolutely sure and and you know you had i believe it was you jonathan that had asked about the changes in the office you know in addition to looking at the procedures with my leadership staff in addition to addressing my employees and thinking of ways to make us function better mm -hmm. and to make our service better. Sure. I was kind of horrified at the fact that I go into this office and I see, you know, uh, people whose first language is not English, um, wherein there's no materials mm. that are in other languages. Yeah. How are they supposed to be able to How are they supposed to be able to request a death certificate, a marriage certificate, a birth certificate, if we have no materials in their language? Because mm -hmm. anyone that comes to our office and requests information sure. has to fill out an application. Sure. And if all the applications are in English, guess what? You're only serving one part Absolutely. of the residents of Milwaukee County. So Absolutely. guess what, guys? Now all the applications are in Spanish. Hundred percent. Well, and and yeah, and, and and I think that that's such a it's it's. There's another important piece of that going on right now too, in that there are sections, especially among recent immigrant populations of the of of our society, who rightfully so are very distrustful and scared sure, of. Sure of government in general and sure. that's been a case for you know quite a while but under the current you know mitigating circumstance stuff like that it's gotten so much worse so anything to make government process easier more accessible more friendly uh you know given the extra strife people are under right now i think is so important absolutely so yeah. not only are our applications in spanish which is the primary language spoken for non-English speakers, mm. um, we also have the applications in Hmong. And so that's really important for me because uh, Hmong is the second leading language in Milwaukee County that is not English. So you have English, Spanish, and Hmong. So that's really important. So those are out there. We have uh, three people, including myself, that speak okay. Spanish. We're bilingual. Okay. We don't okay. have any Hmong speakers, but I'm hoping to change that within time. Not yet. Absolutely. Gotcha. That's very important. And we're installing a language line. So if you speak mm. in language other than English or Spanish, sure. we can get somebody connected that will be your interpreter that will take care of the That's needs amazing. when you come to our office. So yeah. if you need a birth certificate, if you need to record a deed or a document of some sure. kind, we will get somebody on the line at our expense, and it's a fairly nominal expense. Sure. And we will make sure that we can communicate effectively with you. Sure. So that's new to the office as well. We've never had that. And I don't think that the prior ROD or the staff even thought about that, even though it was an ongoing issue for many years that we couldn't service certain populations because we didn't have the staff or the ability to do that. So that's really important for me. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so in addition to all of those changes, what we're doing is 
um, investigating different software. So I'm, okay. I've gone to Washington County. I'm going to go to Dane County. I'm going to go to Hennepin County in Minnesota with my leadership mm. staff. Uh, we wanted to go to uh, Hawaii, but I didn't think I could justify <laughs> that in our budget. Um, right. But there are different software programs that I need to investigate to make sure that I do my due diligence sure. next time our contract is up with our software vendor. Obviously, they've been a good part of our experience at the office and we want to and we like their software, but I want to make sure that it works for Milwaukee County 100% and I want to make sure that I investigate all the other software programs out there. And sure. of course, as you can imagine, there's not many for ROD offices. There's only less than a handful, mm. but I want to make sure I know those programs inside and out with yeah. my leadership team yeah. to make sure that we have the latest technology in our county. Yeah. Because quite frankly, I want Milwaukee County to be the best and the leading ROD county, not only in Wisconsin or the Midwest, but in the nation. Amen. Yeah. You yeah. should look at uh, you should look at some of the websites from these ROD offices. They're terrible. Oh. <laughs> um, and so we're actively yeah. in the process of trying to update our website, making sure that there's a Espanol or Spanish icon. And we ultimately want to get those translated into Hmong as well. Nice. So we want a user-friendly website. Now, I was told that, you know, this is on my dime, that I'm going to have to do this all by myself because the county won't do this. And I'm shocked by that. But quite frankly... I can speak they, Spanish. I can I can uh, turn our or translate our website into Spanish. And I have friends in the Hmong community mm. uh, that work for nonprofits that I'm have sure told they. me that they would help me in this journey without costing the county a cent to make sure we have a viable website for the biggest groups of individuals Absolutely. that live in our county. So Absolutely. I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you know, I mean, ultimately, theoretically, it should be something that the county's picking up on. But the other nice thing is, you guys are like the airport. You're kind of you're not costing the county money. You're one of the few county services that's uh, um, in the black, as they say. Absolutely. So just to give people an example, our uh, 2018 budget basically has expenditures of 1.4 million dollars, and that includes personnel costs, benefits, operational costs, facilities costs, etc. Mm -hmm. um, but we generate. Uh, income of almost $5 million. So the, this is the, this is the uh, Register of Deeds is a great bargain for Milwaukee County and even the state of Wisconsin because we give lots of our revenues. Sure, to the, the state st gets a cut. The state gets a lot. Yeah. Um, and so this is really an office that pays for itself and works for the people of Milwaukee County and also works for the state. We also supplement other smaller offices, ROD offices, that are not as... Uh, a profitable. Sure, sure. Um, in the state. In the state. So other, other uh, ROD offices are reaching out to you for assistance. In well, leverage. our money goes through the state and the state distributes it to other ROD offices. Oh, got it. Okay. In addition, our office is the sole funder for the Office of Land Information. Oh, snap. Which, which is a vital part of Milwaukee County. Yep, and sure. so we fund that office 100%. So we do a lot to make sure that uh, people's property rights are secure in mm -hmm. terms of the filing and recording of deeds. And we also fund other agencies within the county and within the state and outside of the county because of the large revenues that we produce in Milwaukee County. 
And just so people are aware, so you're appointed, obviously, very recently, but you're actually up this cycle. Can you uh, let our folks know, again, obviously, on this station, we don't endorse, um, although personally, you know, it's different. But when is your election? What's the deal? When is that coming up? Sure. So um, if if there is a primary opponent, um, the primary will be in August of 2020. And then um, after that, I will be on the ballot for the general election on November 3rd of 2020. It's and a this big is ballot. It's a big ballot. <laughs> it's a big ballot. Yeah. And this is a partisan office. Mm-hmm. Um, and by law, it is partisan. Right. Just and like of, the sheriff and the other. Just like sure. the sheriff. Sure. And of course, I've been a, a you know long, a lifelong Democrat. And yes. you know, and so um, I'm looking forward to that because I want to make sure that I complete the reforms sure. that I've instituted. Uh, in the months that I've been in office. I'm very excited about what I've done because I think it serves the county and the residents well. Absolutely. Sure. sure. I, I think one of the things I'm interested in is, you know, have you had a chance to create that elevator pitch of really explaining to the average everyday voter um, resident in the county to say, this is why you should care about this office and, and my leadership is the way to do it. Yeah, I think uh, the reason why people should care is that we touch a lot of lives every day and we protect their vital information and we protect their assets as a register of deeds. You know, I was up in our archives because we have deeds and documents from the 1800s. And I happened to look in a very old filing cabinet and I pulled out a death certificate and the death certificate was in 1909. Okay. It was a little boy that had passed away. He drowned in the Milwaukee river Mm. and both of his parents were from Germany. That was the turn of the century. And I looked at that and I said, every document in my office has a story. Every Mm -hmm. document deals with a person And it affects the lives of everyone else. And that's how I want our residents to see the Register of Deeds office in Milwaukee County. We touch the lives of everyone from birth to death and everything in between. Hmm. Nice. Absolutely. And we make money doing it for the county. Sure. And so that's important in these very difficult budgetary times that we have in Milwaukee County. And I was going to ask you as well, where do you draw from? Uh, to be able to do the work that you're doing now from your experience um, that really is like helping you to lead this very important office? Well, uh, you know, I uh, when I went to undergrad, I well, first of all, I used to, for many, many years before going to law school, I was a respiratory therapist. So... Um, I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Licensed? Huh. Uh, oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. um, oh so my gosh. B- back in the day, okay. I had gone to respiratory therapy school, got That's my as- got my associate degree and practiced for 10 years as a respiratory Get therapist. Get out of here. I didn't know that. Okay. And Love so it. I primarily worked critical care uh, with ventilators and whatnot sure, in, sure. in critical care units in the emergency room. And ver- back then, I was a very young man. I was in my early 20s, and I developed a great sense of service. For the record, he still looks like a young man. Oh, man. <laughs> no one can tell. Absolutely. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I developed a sense of service sure. um, when I treated people, and I treated them at their most vulnerable stages. That's right. Yeah. That's then right. what happened is I wanted to be a hospital administrator, so I was going to take... Uh, 
my uh, exam to get an MBA. Okay. And my friend said, hey, take the LSAT to go to law school. And I hadn't thought about it before. Okay. And so I said, well, I'm going to do it. So I did very well with the LSAT. Good. And incidentally, I was treating a patient in Illinois because that's where I was raised. Okay. I was treating a patient at one of the local hospitals. And he asked me if I was the guy that was going to go to law school. And I said, yes. Okay. And he was a retired lawyer from a large Chicago law firm. He asked me where I'd applied, and I told him, and he said, go to Marquette. It's a huh. smaller market. You're going to find a job, and it's a great school. So based on his advice alone, wow. I went to Marquette Law and School. And ended up in Wisconsin. Ended up in Wisconsin. Nice. I came in 1991 and never looked back. Nice. Got it. And Got so it. I graduated in 1994. And as a lawyer, I was one of the first Latinos uh, to be a partner at a mid- and large-sized law firm. Back then, the law firm was called Schneidman, Myers, Dowling, and Blumenfield, huh. and we primarily represented working folks, unions, public mm -hmm. sector unions, private sure. sector unions. Sure. So I became part of their disability and workers' comp team, but I also helped organize. I helped organize, um, you know, some of the um, uh, the bakery uh, workers in Sun Prairie with my friend Kurt Schmidt, who mm. was uh, the business agent at the time. You know, I worked with. Uh, the MTEA, I worked with, you know, um, the Federation of Teachers, just mm -hmm. lots mm -hmm. of different groups, the machinists, the paper workers, um, because I strongly believe that individuals need to have a, a working salary and they need Absolutely. to have benefits in which Agreed. they can. Yeah. I mean, my dad was a member of Local 152 for many, many years. He was a laborer in Chicago. Mm. And it. so as a result of him being a union member and, of course, working very hard because sure. as a construction laborer, you work very hard. Sure, sure. He was able to feed our family That's right. of four plus my mom on one salary. Yep. Mm -hmm. And while he worked very hard, the fact that he was a union member gave him the opportunity to have my mom stay at home and, and raise us. Thank and that you, was yeah. very important for me. Absolutely. Got it. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. so for 25 years, that's what I did. I helped working people throughout the state, working and mm -hmm. injured and disabled workers throughout the state. Mm -hmm. I've been to Rhineland. Fighting for the little guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been to Ashland. I've been yep. to Wausau. I've been Antigo? to Eau Claire. <laughs> been out to Antigo? I have not been to <laughs> <Okay>. Antigo. <laughs> um, but I traveled throughout the state for years and years and years. And, and I remember... When I was a little kid, my dad said, do good. So for all these years, that's what I've tried to do. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think um, it's really helpful to uh, kind of get that in perspective and hear your backstory as well as, you know, what you've been doing for the office. If people want to find out more, what's the best way to learn about um, what you're doing? Well, they can certainly go on our website or uh, Register of Deeds, Milwaukee County, or on our Facebook page. So if people search uh, Register of Deeds for Milwaukee County, they'll find us on Facebook and they'll find us on our website. And is there a campaign page on Facebook or on the website? There as well? is for me, yes. Yes. So uh, Ramon for Register of Deeds. Awesome. Gotcha. We'll make sure we uh, share like that in the show yep. notes. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, although we're kind of coming near to the end of the show, there is some breaking news we wanted to touch on real it's, quick. And it's a little political. So yes. So right bear up with your us. Alley. Yeah. Bear with us, <laughs> Register of Deeds. But uh, we are just now, first of all, if you missed it, to our listeners, if you're listening to this not live but on iTunes or SoundCloud, pause it, check out the Ron Johnson interview 
on from, Meet the Press. Yeah, Meet the Press of Chuck this past Todd Sunday, yeah. from this past Sunday. And to get some context, but my oh my, it was a breakdown for the ages. Oh my god. Let's see if I can find that clip. Yeah. So he went so Ron Johnson, Rojo, who as we all know, unfortunately, uh is the successor of one of the best United States senators I think we've we've ever had, Russ Feingold, and he had this terrible breakdown and you know israel you've probably seen this as well there's all these republicans now who are losing their minds breaking their you know breaking themselves trying to justify everything that trump is doing over and over and over um even though it goes against all the values they proclaim this is one of those and he just you know he's shuffling through his notes he's trying to keep up he's going all these conspiracy theories he just totally breaks down and he just put out a follow-up to it he's doubling down on this now and he said for those of you who saw that breakdown here's what i really want to say and he put out his own statement on it and it's just as it's just as bad as you would imagine um and basically just as bad as the rant on there but just in text as opposed to watching it but what kind of world are we living in and why is it oh do, do we got the clip looks like we're, we're gonna pull- try it uh, i gotta make sure this is the right one okay um but anyway so yeah, it's it's and you were saying this before we went live, such bizarre times we're living in. But uh, I just never thought I'd see the day because Wisconsin at one point, you know, we used to really have, like I said, with Feingold, one of the most f- filled with integrity, one of the best senators I think we've ever had. And now to be succeeded by this clown with this sort of behavior. Oh, here is it right? Yeah, I want to make sure I get to the good part. though. OK, because it, it gets. Yeah, and that's it too. I saw this live, right? So <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the TV screen, and you know the comment that Senator Johnson had was that he winced, right? Hearing of the news of the Trump administration leveraging foreign aid for Ukraine mm-hmm. only if they would agree to these extra terms, right? right? So putting he, a hit out on his political opponent with the foreign supposedly, entity. you know he. he Got on the interview, but he must have been coached or right. And he's uh, got papers in front of him, he's trying to shuffle around. It's <laughs> it's a mess. Out. It's a mess. But I want to get to the really good part because Chuck Todd gets so frustrated right. with uh, the senator. Um, so I want to make sure I'm at the right part. Gotcha. And uh, it, it it just gets like he gets to the point like yeah. What does that have to do with what I <laughs> asked you about? Oh man! Yeah, it was wild. It was, and and it's just one of these things where why do we have politicians who are working so 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 hard just to back up Trump? Well, truly, and you know, I think the reality of it is, is they're afraid of that tweet. They're afraid of his numbers and his popularity within a certain part of the base. And although they probably hate him personally, they're willing to say or do anything in order to maintain that power, even betray the principles they once claimed. All right, I'm almost there. Let's okay. pause the music. Get into this. You can hear it a little bit in the background. We'll turn it up when it's time. Senator, his entire, his entire, his entire administration, and now once he's been, that was proven false, yeah. he would like to know, and I would like to know, and I know his supporters would like to know, where did this all come from? Who planted that false story? Senator. Who leaked? You know, I, I, have a, I have my third letter into the Inspector General of the Intelligence Committee asking to just confirm, just confirm, 
Are you investigating those leaks that Peter Strzok talked about in that All right, text? Senator, I have no idea so again, why. No, that's, that's why, a setup. Why, it is entirely relevant Fox, to this point. Why a Fox News conspiracy propaganda stuff is popping up on here. It I is, have no idea. It is not, that is, I have no that is, idea that why is we're exact, going here. That is, that is Senator, because I'm this is underlying about, exactly I'm why asking, President Trump is upset and why his supporters are upset right, at the well, news media. Oh, okay, now, this is not about the media. Senator Johnson, Senator Johnson, please. Go Can ahead. we please answer the question that I asked you instead of trying to make Donald Trump feel better here that you're not criticizing <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just trying, trying to, to ask you a simple question of, of what, made you, what made you wince. Uh, what, what is, I'm asking a simple question about you clearly were upset that somehow there was yes, an implication I, I was, that military was, aid was, was being frozen yes. because the president wanted the, an investigation. Why did you right, win? Because I didn't want those connected. And, and I, wanted, I was supporting the aid, as is Senator Murphy, as is everybody that went to that initial inauguration. But here's the salient point of why I came forward. When I asked the president about that, he completely denied it. He adamantly denied it. He vehemently, angrily denied it. He said, I'd never do that. So that, that is the, the piece of the puzzle I'm here to report today, that unlike, unlike the, the narrative of the press that President Trump wants to dig up dirt on his 2020 opponent, what he wants is he wants to, an accounting of what happened in 2016. <laughs> Who set him up? Did things spring Who from Ukraine? Set him no, there's a good up. piece we've got an oversight letter on from Politico in 2017, and where let, let me let me quote. No, the then, he, then he starts quoting a whole right, bunch of nonsense. Right, it's all this propaganda <laughs> stuff. You know, like Chuck Todd says, it's propaganda conspiracy theories that they're putting out there. But that's the point. He for one moment, had yeah. a, a moment of clarity and truth. Yeah. Trump got on him and said, hey, don't ever question me. Don't ever call me out in public again. And he went back, he doubled back. He's, you know, breaking his back, trying to, you know, DeLorean himself back and say, oh, I never said that. Oh, you know, and then when pressed on it, what does he say? Chuck Todd says, well, why did you make that statement? He says, well, I was concerned, uh, uh, just like Murphy. He's trying to like <laughs> offer all these other people for collateral cover yeah. and saying all these other people, but I attended his inauguration. I support him. Da, da, da. He's so scared. Why are they so scared? Yeah. These spineless jerks who would rather subjugate, would rather prostrate themselves in front of a bozo, hypocrite traitor like Trump as opposed to doing their jobs and looking out for the people of Wisconsin, the people of this country, what is going on? Well, quite frankly, you know, I'm very saddened by what's been going on mm -hmm. um, in the last, you know, year and a half, two years of the administration. Sure. I'm very saddened by the fact that there are enablers in Washington, D.C. Yeah. that are enabling crooked and bad conduct and unpresidential conduct. That's right. And, you know, as a lawyer, I took an oath to abide by the law and follow the law sure. and sure. make sure that I was a strong advocate for my clients, but within the law. Absolutely. Right. I did not take an oath to supersede or mm -hmm. circumvent or to deny the law. No one should do that. Absolutely. You guys know Absolutely. as elected representatives that you take an oath That's right. to serve and protect 100%. the Wisconsin Constitution and the yep. U.S. Constitution. And the fact that you would abrogate that very important mission and mm -hmm. that very important oath that you took to me is horrible. Mm -hmm. Who does that? You got to put Americans and America first before yourself. Remember, we are a country of laws, not men. Yes, absolutely. And when you That's forget right. that, That's and right. when one of our That's major parties forgets that, sure. then we have no democracy. 100%. So I can guarantee you 
that our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, my personal favorite, mm -hmm. of course, the Quaker president. Yep. Um, sure. Not Nixon, the other one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John Adams. They're rolling over in their graves oh, because yeah. these were yeah. very smart people yeah. that created our Constitution, Absolutely. our Bill of Rights. And you know what? They're being trampled on as we speak. Yeah. So yep. we really need to go back to the basics about being presidential again. Sure. Not sure. lying to the American people and doing good for the American people like we all try to do in our positions. So we need to get back to that because this is really shocking. Everybody looking at the circus yes. should be yeah. horrified as to exactly. what's going on. Exactly. Well, and, and, you know, it just reminds me about the work you're doing and, and you know, getting back, you know, all the politics, all the you know, partisanship that it has is, you know, not in the way the Republicans have treated this, you know, their, their quote unquote oath of service for so long. It's like at the end of the day, what you're doing is the best of it. It's like government is here as a society to make this contract, to make this agreement where we all live together. We all have to be in a side. We have to make sure. rules that we're all going to sure. buy by. We're going to have, you know, people want to buy stuff. They can have property. And that's what you're doing. You're, you're helping formalize this conceptualization of this societal contract that we all make live together. And at the end of the day, it's all government really is. It's resource allocation and rules that we're all agreeing to. And if those two things are being fulfilled, then it's going good. We have here is people, like you said, it's about power above service, power above everything. And when that becomes your North Star, your compass, the driving force, that's... And, and by the way, it cuts both ways. You know, I'll, I'll say this. I remember... Um, my first foray into, you know, partisan politics, I, you know, I really didn't identify with the quote unquote Democratic Party like that early on at all. I was, you know, kind of on different bent, uh, you know, to left of that stuff. But okay. I saw what was going on at UWM with, uh, you know, college Democrats there where both David and I, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, many others were attending. Sure. Um, it was a bunch of corruption within there, and I had to go clean that up. And that was my first foray, and I saw the dirtiest of the dirty tricks being pulled. Horrible, you know, people trying to do voter suppression, people trying to sure, sure. do polling taxes, all this other jibber jabber. And that was my first thing. So it's not. So I'm not going to say it's necessarily a partisan thing, but I will say right now, at a hundred percent, is you know the Republicans uh, selling out, and that's what we got to yell out about more than any level I've seen in recent history. And it is absolutely disgusting. And it's so funny. You know, I was, thinking, I was having this discussion with some people the other night. Um, I have kind of a, I was having a public discussion with, with uh, a bunch of folks on politics. And it came up. And it's like, well, what is the Republican Party now? Because at one point, well, where there was like family values, right? Or is fiscal conservatism, right? Or mm -hmm. it was uh, like Christian moral stuff sure. or whatever type stuff, Small right? Small government. Small government, okay. Local control. Local control. So mm -hmm. what, let's break that down. So like Christian values, well, this is someone who's paying off porn stars, cheating on his wife, da-da. It's not that family, you know, family values were ripping families apart. Sure. You know, with right. arm, Completely you know. Absent, yeah. Yeah, it's not family values, you know, because Trump and the Republicans are literally pushing family separation. That's the opposite of family togetherness. So fiscal conservatism, eh-eh. You know, look what happened under Bush with the war look what ha and the tax cuts look what happened under Trump with the tax cuts you know mm -hmm. trillion you know 1.5 trillion ba basically going mostly to 400 families the richest family you know the richest people in the world basically in this country mm -hmm. at the rest of our expense so it's like they don't really stand for anything. It's just power yeah. at all costs. And, and profit lost. now, too. Yeah, exactly. That's the interesting 100%. thing that is that is now being a part of this discussion. Um, the other 
uh, breaking story is now there's a, a whistleblower when it comes to um, Rudy Giuliani yep. on his own and with these other Trump allies trying to position themselves yep. so that they could profit from Personally profit. energy uh, moves and stuff like that in Ukraine, yep. that they would try to muscle them into giving them either a piece or ownership of yep. uh, the decisions that were being made um, on energy there. Absolutely. And, 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 the, and the security contracts with Giuliani, exactly. So it, it's just odd that, you know, first, you know, you think of fiscal conservative and you're thinking <laughs> right. of, you know, low tax cuts or lo- low taxes and uh, lowering the cost of government. But literally, it, it is the perfect example of what Trump represents. It is about himself. Exactly. Right. It is it is not, you know. Whatever was the Republican Party, exactly. that's completely gone. And yep. it's just the image of this guy um, and the people that align with them where they are all about themselves. They got swallowed up by this narcissistic nihilist who's completely self-aggrandizing and has no care for anything else in the world but what's best for him at everyone else's expense. Yeah. And I will say this, that 100 or 200 years in the future, people will look at what is happening now yeah. and we will not be judged well. I can't, I, will I can't wait for the movies. Yeah, I, I'm pulling. I'm doing. You my will, piece. Jonathan, and the, so will you, David, the, and perhaps Ron myself. Uh, yeah, Ron um, Johnson will not. All the Republicans. The movies that will be made. Every on single this Republican will be hold, so hold water for The 100%. enablers will not be judged well, and sure. I will tell you that there will be more indictments to come down the pike sure. since sure. the Reagan administration, who had mm. you know. Uh, almost 20, if not more, indictments after his term because we're dealing with a president that doesn't understand the fundamental tenets of our democracy. He does not understand the Constitution. He does not understand the Bill of Rights. He does not understand the separation of powers and the checks and balances. And he certainly does not understand the judiciary and the function, the important function that our federal and state courts play in our lives. Absolutely. And so when you have someone as inept and not able to understand the essential functions of government, you get this. And that's sure. very sad for all of us as Americans. Sure. Well, and, and it's just like you were saying before, as opposed to yourself or, you know, and David and I both come from a background service, service background as well with, sure. you know, the shelters and AmeriCorps and stuff like that and Urban Underground. It's like, that's a very different life than he's used to. What he's used to, he's right from his perspective. Meaning, if you're some rich businessman who's always lied, always stolen, always cheated, and paid enough people off, since he was a child, by the way, because his dad used him as a tax cheat and for tax evasion purposes. So since he was a child, growing up his whole life, all he's known is to hurt other people, cheat the system, lie, steal. And he's rich enough to have quote-unquote fixers all around him, including... Till right now, so from his perspective, yes, the attorney general doesn't work for America. It works for he works for him. You know that's his perspective on all these jobs, and that's why he was so upset about the recusal. If you remember the predecessor, that's why he was so upset about how all these because he doesn't. The FBI works for him. CIA works for him. That's what he thinks. Right. Not working for America. He's just used to a corporate, and that's you know, and that's the other issue with this whole corporatization of politics. This mentality, like run it like a business, business, business. business. Uh Ah, government's not a business. It's not supposed to just turn around and make a profit at all costs like businesses are. We're the check and balance. We're here to serve the people. Yeah. And, and you know, 
quite frankly, the way he's running it is probably, in his mind, how it's run the whole time. He is running it like a business. He's a gangster. Well, we should look at the examples of other governments that ran their countries like businesses, yeah. like yeah. Uh, the USSR, no exactly. longer here. Yeah. Look what's going on in, in yeah. Venezuela. Right. They're running that whole country as a business right. and it's failing. Mm. Now, those are different models than what we have here in the United sure. States. Sure. But when a government treats its citizens, the citizens, and when it treats its land and its country as a business, it will always fail. Right. Because people are not business. People are not widgets. People are not parcels of energy that we can sell off. People are people. And basically what they're looking for is a representative form of government where their voices are heard and they're looking for an economy that they can work and feed their families and educate their families. But we won't even go into that on sure. the, you know, the attacks sure. on our education oh, system. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's very challenging. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. all of us as good people, people that are thoughtful and people that care, um, have to be invested in this and stand up for what's wrong. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, at the end of the day, the, the stuff government provides the private sector cannot long-term provide because it's not supposed sure. to. Education should not make a profit. That's not what it's there for. Roads, parks, uh, public spaces, clean water. It's not supposed to be there to make a profit, but that's why we got to have politicians who are not willing to sell out, who will not take that corporate money and just like agree like, oh, because that's what, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You get some big donor who's like, oh yeah, I can, you know, hey, congressperson, so-and-so, I can, you know, we can, we can hook this up and blah, blah. And the congresspersons are going to do their due diligence. They're going to see that check. They're going to look at their reelection stuff. And unfortunately that's what's happening, <laughs> you know, on a, on a big scale in America, but certainly, and, and, and even at the state legislature, we're seeing that with Robin Voss, you know, part of what he does is he shakes all these lobbyists down. He shakes all these people down and says, you're not going to get to do business until you pay me off. And that's why we see things that are not popular, like the privatization of education moving its way, not just in Milwaukee and Racine, but now statewide, they're, they're trying to push that expansion with Jensen over the next 10 years. Why? Well, Look where the money, you know, look yeah. where that money's flowing. Well, what we needed years ago was McCain-Feingold, and some provisions were held unconstitutional, right. but they got rid of the whole thing. So yeah, they got rid of the baby with the bathwater. Yep. So we need a new paradigm. We Absolutely. need people to look and say, Absolutely. hey, we need to reform elections. We yeah. need to reform uh, our ethics laws, and we need to strengthen them to help protect the public. Because right now, I don't feel that the public is adequately protected exactly. with what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Interesting times ahead. And uh, are you optimistic looking forward for Milwaukee County? I am. Yeah. I, I, I think that uh, we have a county board of supervisors yeah. and a county executive that's working together. Better than they Better than the before. Listen, yeah. the system is never going to be perfect because yeah. each time you have men and women involved in the sure. system, it's an imperfect system. Absolutely. But I think all of us working together and reaching out will ultimately make it better. Yeah. And I've done that. I've reached out to Absolutely. the county executive. I've reached out to the board of supervisors and my other fellow uh, elected officials. And I like doing that because I want to make sure that they understand what my priorities are and the fact that this is an open and transparent office now like it's never been before. And multilingual. And multilingual, absolutely, Absolutely. because we serve everyone in our office. Inclusiveness. Um, Israel Ramon, Register Dees, thank you for coming on the show. we got to have you back again. Thank you, David, and thank you, uh, Jonathan. And anytime you need me, I will be right here for you guys. Sounds good. Sounds good. We will mention all the things so you can connect with 
uh, Israel Ramon and his campaign. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for being with us. We got about 20 seconds for we close up, but appreciate you. David, another great show. Appreciate you. Another good show. Episode 142. Man, time flies. We are getting up there. Man. <laughs> I was just thinking the other day. I've been elected for a little bit. Man, time flies. Time hey. flies, my friend. But since we're out, we're we out. out. Adios. Bye-bye. <laughs>